0: And we're going to welcome the people to the Arantia radio podcast because this is where we like to share in the fifth epical revelation. And in our last podcast, we talked about revelation, what revelation is. So now we're going to pick up from that last concept as a sort of return to basics on what the Urantia book is for those of us listening to this podcast who may just be curious onlookers, really looking for something that drew you in, that made you say, you know what, there's something about the Arantia book or something that I heard about it that brought me to this place. And this place is really just getting to understand the Arantia book. Because truth is, this book, this revelation will continue to grow. The world is hungry for truth and there's a lot of truth in the Arantia book. And so I know human nature tends to lean towards not putting too much work into something. And so when you see a 2,000-page book, you're apt not to want to read a whole book. You know, that's why so, I think so many people get kind of turned off. So I see my role really as a way of truncating <laughs> what the book is trying to convey to the world. What is the revelation that we are trying to convey to the world? That's a good question. Think about that. What is it that the Urantia book wants us to know? God wants us to know that we're not alone. That's what I think the Urantia book revelation is really all about. We don't know that there's an entire universe out there of living beings. We don't know that there are spiritual forces that are out there that are orchestrating a lot of what's going on and coordinating in a very organized fashion. You know, the, the the entire creation and execution of living experience. Uh, the whole universe is filled with life. It is teeming with life. And to give that sort of an example is to focus in perhaps on, on on something that you pick up in the first part of the Arantia book. The very opening pages, the very first part of the Arantia book is pretty spectacular. So I want to introduce you to a divine counselor. Now, the Divine Counselor was the first person to offer us an insight, an introduction into the Revelation by, in the first five papers of the Arantia book, giving us something of the the nature and the quality of this first source and center as we know as God. Paper 1, section 2. The existence of God could never be proved by scientific experiment or by the pure reason of logic or logical deduction. God can be realized only in the realms of human experience. Nevertheless, the true concept of the reality of God is reasonable to logic, plausible to philosophy, essential to religion, and indispensable to any hope of personality survival. God is spirit. He is a universal spiritual presence. The Universal Father is an infinite spiritual reality. He is, quote, the sovereign, eternal, immortal, invisible, and only true God, end quote. Even though you are the, quote, offspring of God, end quote, you ought to not think that the Father is like yourselves in form and physique because you are said to be created in His image, and dwelt by mystery monitors dispatched from the central abode of His eternal presence. Spirit beings are real. Notwithstanding, they are invisible to human eyes, even though they have not flesh and blood. The Universal Father is not invisible because He is hiding Himself away from the lowly creatures of materialistic handicaps and limited spiritual endowments. The glory and the spiritual brilliance of the divine personality presence is impossible of approach by the lower groups of spirit beings or by any other order of material personalities. But it is not necessary to see God with the eyes of the flesh in order to discern him by the faith vision of the spiritualized mind. From Paper 1, Section 3, Paragraph 7 In the inner experience of man, mind is joined to matter. Such material-linked minds cannot survive mortal death. The technique of survival is embraced in those adjustments of the human will and those transformations in the mortal mind whereby such a God-conscious intellect gradually becomes spirit-taught and eventually spirit-led. Mortal mind subservient to matter is destined to become increasingly material and consequently to suffer eventual personality extinction mind yielded to spirit, is destined to become increasingly spiritual, and ultimately to achieve oneness with the surviving and guiding divine spirit, and in this way to attain survival and eternity of personality existence. That again is from paper 1, section 3, paragraph 7. And those are just a few of the words of the personality who was asked to provide the introductory paper on the nature and existence of God. And now I'm going to read to you his footnote, because at the end of the fifth section on the first papers, the Divine Counselor adds this little footnote at the end of this section. And it says... Quote, presented by a divine counselor. And I'll explain to you in a moment what a divine counselor is. Remember that I'm just introducing you to this aspect of this enlarged presentation of the different personalities that inhabit this universe that it was created by God. So he says, Quote, presented by a divine counselor, a member of a group of celestial personalities assigned by the ancient. Ancients of Days I'm commissioned to sponsor those papers portraying the nature and the attributes of God because I represent the highest source of information available for such a purpose on any inhabited world I have served as a divine counselor in all seven of the superuniverses, and have long resided at the paradise center of all things Many times I have enjoyed the supreme pleasure of a sojourn in the immediate personal presence of the universal Father. I portray the reality and truth of the Father's nature and attributes with unchallengeable authority. I know whereof I speak. End quote. And I read that slowly because that is the most important statement that could ever be made by any personality as he was given the responsibility and the task to present God to us. So now you ask, well, what is a divine counselor? Okay, so now we're going to get into this a little bit and introduce you to this personality of high spiritual order, to kind of give you an idea, just one example of the many personalities that fill this universe that is filled with life. So think of that first generation back when Trinity first came into existence, when God the Father made the Word, the Son, and came into action, the conjoint actor, the spiritual connection between God the Father and the Son. Okay, so this is the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. So think of that first generation of first family members who came after the Trinity as a result of their combined personalities. Family of immediate children of light to preserve spiritual stability for creation that is subsequent to the beginnings of time itself. That's a quote from the Arantia book. So they're explaining that it's in these initial times, the beginnings of things, when the Trinity had established itself as the primordial force, the divine counselor is just one of many of the first family members who came into existence as a result of this combined nature of the Trinity. And continuing on from paper 19, and this is section 2, paragraph 2, on the testimony from a divine counselor once again. The divine counselors, together with other groups of similar Trinity origin beings, constitute the highest order of personalities who may and do engage in the work of revealing truth to the individual planets and systems, whether in their earlier epochs or when settled in light and life. From time to time, we all make contact with the service of the ascending mortals, from an initial life planet on up through a local universe and the super universe, particularly the latter. So in their natures and in their experience as being personalities who stretch back in time and have existed since eternity, they really are the first family of what we would consider God's spiritual family. Those who from time to time reveal truth to the newer and ascending forms of personality, such as ourselves. So in all of this, think about, about this. Think of yourself as a personality first, and as a human being second. You are, of course, human, Flesh and bones and real, but it is your inner essence, the thinking and the conscious you that constitutes the reality of your experience as a person, just as is true for the divine counselor. They've just really been around for a long time, longer than even you and I can imagine. So, in this episode, we we attempt to show you just one of many examples of the Orangia book's revelation of the kinds of personalities that exist in this universe and that we are in fact not alone. The point of all of this is to illustrate that the fifth epical revelation as a preparatory document is that we need to step away from the earth-centric view of life and realize that there is a much more grand reality that exists beyond human perception. The Arantia book presentation provides us a keyhole glimpse into what is ahead. This book is a fifth epical revelation, gets us to that next step in our evolutionary stage. In the next episode, we'll talk about how life got here on this planet, this place we call home.